Welcome to the Plain Sense Podcast, where the life-changing Word of God is made accessible and understandable to all. Here is your host, Dr. Joel Madasu. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Plain Sense Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about one of the important topics, that is the seven words of Jesus Christ. Today is the Good Friday, and uh, Christians around the world observe this. They gather together and observe the Good Friday. One of the most critical days in the history of this universe is when God gives himself for the sake of the sins of humanity. Some 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is God himself, gave his precious sinless life for the redemption of humanity. Does he have any need to die for the sake of sinful beings? No. However, this demonstrates his unconditional love. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life, according to John 3.16. On this day, the Christian world observes Good Friday the day Jesus was put to death. However, no one really put him to death because no one has the power to kill him. He himself gave his life. Now, are there people who sought to kill him? Yes. But again, nobody could have killed him. He gave his life on his own. Jesus foretold what would happen to his disciples before entering into the city of Jerusalem. That was before the Palm Sunday. Jesus told his disciples what would happen. In Matthew chapter 20, verses 17 and following, Christ said these words, And as Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the twelve disciples aside, and on the way he said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death, and deliver him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified, and he will be raised on the third day. These are the words of Jesus Christ. Just as Jesus foretold, these things came to pass. Jesus was arrested. He was brought to trial before the heathen. He was insulted. He was beaten and nailed to the cross. Now, let us not think for a second that Jesus was not able to rescue himself from this horrible thing. He could have. However, he did not. This is because he came to this world for this very purpose, to die so that those who believe in him as God would have eternal life. Moreover, this is also a prophetic fulfillment. The prophet Isaiah already predicted that this would happen, that the servant, referring to Christ, would not speak but would be obedient even unto death. According to Isaiah 53.7, the text says, He was oppressed and he was afflicted, 
yet he opened not his mouth, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before his shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Despite the painful days ahead and painful abandonment he would go through, Jesus was still obedient unto death. Yes, he begged the Father to remove this wrath, that wrath referring to his judgment, if possible. But there too, he was obedient to the will of the Father as he said, It is not my will, but let your will be done. After Jesus was hung on the cross, he uttered seven sayings or seven words. The number seven indicates completeness. These seven words are as follows. Word one comes from Luke 23, 34. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. Word 2, Luke 24, 42-43, And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Word 3, John 19, 25-26, But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Word 4, Matthew twenty-seven forty-six. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli. Lama Sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Word 5, John 19, 28, After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said, to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. Word 6, John nineteen thirty, When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished and he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Word 7, Luke 23, 46. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. These seven sayings, or words, are significant for us to meditate on. These are the words that came from the mouth of the Creator God, who once said, Let be, and there was. Now we see the same God pouring out His life for our sins. So the following words can be summarized in this way. Number one, the forgiving nature of Christ is what we see in word one. Even though the world condemned Christ to death, He was forgiving. He didn't take revenge. He didn't fight back. He was forgiving. He asked the Father to forgive them because they do not know what they were doing. In fact, we know what they're doing. They were crucifying the Creator. And we see 
the nature of Christ there. He was forgiving. God is a forgiving God. He forgives his enemies. He forgives those who are crucifying him. This is the nature we see in word one. Word two, we see the salvation of Christ. Christ was placed between the two criminals. One of them believed in Christ and the other did not. This tells us that there are two types of people, those who would believe in Christ and those who would reject him. One said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus told him, truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Today, that day, this criminal would be with Jesus in paradise. So Jesus saved this criminal because of his faith. Just as Jesus saved people then from eternal damnation, so does he save people today. All that people need to do is to believe in him. The third word is the affection of Christ. That's what we see, the affection of Christ. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciples whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Now what we see here is Jesus did not leave Mary alone. He took care of her. He's given John, his disciple, to take the responsibility. Mary, yes, was blessed to give birth to Jesus Christ. But she fully recognized who Jesus was and why he came to this world. She was fully aware of what Jesus would do because the angel Gabriel told her so. However, imagine the pain she went through seeing Jesus put to death on the cross as a criminal among the other criminals. Jesus knows what Mary was going through. An example Jesus shows here is to respect and honor parents and the affection he has towards Mary. The fourth word is the agony of Christ. That is what we see in the fourth saying. During this time, Jesus cried out. And about ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Ah, the horrifying moment in Jesus' life. Some mocked that Jesus was calling on Elijah. How ignorant. Some mocked him saying, why can't you save yourselves? You saved other people, right? That tells us at least these people to some extent acknowledge that he saved people. Yet they were not willing to believe. It is not that there is no evidence. These people simply do not want to believe in Jesus Christ. So they were mocking him. How ignorant they were. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, forsake meaning to abandon, to abandon him completely. Let us think about it. Why would God not forsake him? In fact, this is the reason why Christ uttered these words. God abandoned Jesus because of the sins that is on his shoulders. The book of Habakkuk tells us that God's eyes are too pure to look at sin. Therefore, God the Father abandoned Jesus for a moment. This is not only painful to Jesus Christ, but also to Father. Think about it. They were never apart. 
Father never abandoned Christ. In fact, the God of Israel is the one who never abandons his loved ones. Yet we see here that he abandoned his only begotten son. Why? Because Jesus was carrying the sins of this world upon him. That is our sins upon him. Word 5. What we see in it is the suffering of Christ. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said, to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. Jesus, in his humanity, was thirsty. Who would not be thirsty when one is going through much suffering? However, this is a fulfillment of the scripture. The innocent God-man, Jesus Christ, suffered for our sake. And Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said, I thirst. Word 6. We see the victory of Jesus in Word 6. It is finished. He says, yes, Jesus won. He defeated the devil. He defeated death. He has accomplished the will of God. He has completed the task of the Father. In this saying, we do not see tragedy, but victory. What was finished, we may wonder. What was finished is his sacrificial work. Now notice, Christ did not die yet to complete the atonement. What is finished here is the sacrificial work. Word 7, what we see in that is the confidence of Jesus. The last word Jesus spoke was that with a loud voice, so that everyone could hear, he cried out saying, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. Psalm 31.5 says a similar statement. Into your hand I entrust my spirit. You have redeemed me, Lord God of truth. Here the sense is that the psalmist trusts God. The same Greek word is used in Jesus' saying too. So the meaning of this saying would be that Jesus trusts God to carry it over. This saying confirms the confidence Jesus has in his Father. Also, this saying confirms that the communion of Jesus and his Father is back. Remember, Jesus was abandoned for a moment, but now they are back together. The task is complete. Jesus died. The scriptures are fulfilled. He hath provided salvation to all by his death. Though this was the darkest day in history, it was glorious day. If Christ had not died, there would not be salvation or eternal life. There would not be any hope for humanity. After this event, there was a testimony from the centurion, a Gentile. When the centurion saw what happened, according to Luke 23, 47, he began to glorify God, saying, This man really was righteous. Now the term righteous could mean both righteous and innocent. And Jesus was both righteous and innocent man, sacrificed for the sake of our sins. Remember now, no one put Jesus to death. He said in John 10, 17 to 18, This is why the Father loves me, because I lay down my life. No one can take it. I lay down my life so that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me. Nobody has that power. Nobody has that right. But I lay down on my own 
I have the right to lay it down and I have the right to take it up again. I have received this command from my father. What a beautiful verse that is. This is not the end. We should also remember that Jesus told his disciples, according to Matthew 20, 19, that he will be raised on the third day. Thanks to God, Jesus Christ, for his unconditional love through his sacrifice on the cross, so that those who believe in him will have an everlasting life. All praise and glory to God. Amen.